What's Up Whittier. Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Howdy neighbors, producer Christine here with this week's community corkboard announcements. But before we get to the community corkboard announcements, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you because y'all were very patient during this campaign season. We weren't coming out with our regular episodes and for that I am grateful for your patience. Now we're right back on track so we're getting these episodes out. We're going to get them out um, every other week right now. Looks like our scheduling Towards the end of the month, I am heading out of the country, which was kind of interesting because President Trump um, put a travel ban on travels to and from Europe, except for the United Kingdom, go Brexit. So I'm still going on this trip. Um, It's really been keeping me going through the campaign. And on that note, I also just want to say thank you so much for all of our loyal listeners that have been reaching out and asked, where's producer Christine's podcast episode? Well, I just want to let you guys know that the reason why we decided to not have me put out a podcast episode is because this is my podcast. So really, we already kind of did that. If you read in the, if you listen to our episode 100 where I announced that I'm running for office, I talked a little bit about why I decided to run, <clears throat> and you get to learn a little bit more about me. We didn't quite talk about policy. I didn't know as much as I do now about policy. Yes, the election's over. But that doesn't mean that I'm not still a city commissioner, and that doesn't mean that I don't still live here. So I do plan on running again in two years, and I would be grateful for your support at that time. And thank you all for people that voted for me, supported for me, and still listen to the podcast. Because at the end of the day, we're all neighbors here in our community, and we all want what's best for Whittier. Uh, We may have different ideas on how to do it, but we're all pro Whittier, which I'm incredibly grateful for. You guys can listen to my podcast, Issues with Christine. Um, you know, I stopped putting them up online, but you guys can go onto my Facebook page, uh, Christine Singer Luna for Whittier Mayor 2020. I think I'm going to change the name right now, actually. But you can um, go on there and just watch them and just learn about, you know, what this whole thing is about and what we've been doing throughout this entire campaign. Um, our last episode is a really good one. I liked it. Um, but also, I would implore you to listen to um, Café con Chisme. Uh, Yasmin Ferrada, she was a candidate in District 3. She also has a podcast. So if I were you, I would go listen to that. Just to really get an insight on what it's like to be brown and a woman and run for office in Whittier and to be young, you know? It's it's really interesting. That being said, um, you know, I am here to give you the community corkboard announcements. So right now we're really dealing with um, a COVID-19 scare, the coronavirus. Um, it is very, you know, it's it's all out there. Um, people are self-quarantining if they've come in contact with any individuals that have been diagnosed with it. The NBA uh, got shut down because of it. No more NBA playoffs. I believe March Madness, either March Madness got canceled or there will be no fans in the stands. Um, so yeah, just, just to keep an eye out and just remember, be vigilant about your public health. You know, public health is public wealth. And wash your hands. If you see anybody coughing, drink your water. Make sure you're taking your vitamins. We just need to have, and you know, vitamin C is so important. Um, I was reading this morning about, you know, uh, in China and in other places in the country, what they've been doing is just pumping people with vitamin C. 
as long as we just all take care of ourselves and you know we're responsible for our families hopefully we won't see any more illnesses or deaths um apparently dr oz says like 60 percent of the country is going to be infected i think that's a little fear-mongering um dr drew does not say that but then again these are tv doctors so who do you trust um at the end of the day just make sure that you're taking care of yourself your family please 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 let's be extra vigilant when we're around um, individuals that are over than 60 um there's a higher you know mortality rate there that being said um again thank you everybody for taking care of your health take care of our health because public health is public wealth and we just our health is our wealth and we just need to take care of ourselves okay all right <laughs> that was me on my soapbox let me get off now and tell you about some community corkboard announcements Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Uptown Whittier Farmer's Market, located on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. And honestly, you guys should follow Uptown Whittier Official on Instagram because they have a lot of great information about events that are happening in Uptown Whittier. Um, you know, our past art stroll was canceled this past Wednesday um, due to weather concerns because we were expecting a crazy forecast. But I also believe that, you know, part of it was due to just being safe about our health in regards to coronavirus so um yeah just keep on lookout for the art stroll next month then this friday if you would like to go out go to the uptown whittier improvement association's social event so that'll be tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m and that's going to be at 13507 earlham drive which is part of whittier college so it says Get involved with the beautification of Uptown Whittier. Learn more about the UWIA, its work, and how you can improve public spaces in Uptown Whittier. Appetizers and drinks will be served. It says that this event is at capacity, but I am still going to go. One, because when I went onto this link online, there was no way to register for it, so that was interesting. And two, due to the coronavirus, I think a lot of people are not going places. Um, you know, I was out yesterday, and it's amazing how this restaurant I was in was empty. Um, you know, this restaurant would normally serve like 200 people at a time and there was like 30. So that was interesting to me. So if you are able to make it out, please do that. That'd be great to support the Uptown Whittier Improvement Association, which is an association of property owners that voted to tax themselves so that they can improve Uptown. So let's get out there and tell them that we want cleaner streets. And if you're available on Saturday, March 14th, that's Pi Day 3.14, Head on over to First Christian Whittier. First Christian Whittier is having a rummage sale. They will be selling office, classroom furniture, audio visual equipment, small appliances, decorating and craft materials, custodial equipment, knickknacks, and thingamabobs galore. Again, it'll be this Saturday, March 14th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 6355 Greenleaf Avenue in the Fellowship Hall, which is downstairs. So you're gonna enter on Hadley. I'm sure there will be signs. You can definitely park in any nearby parking lots and walk on over. It's like a two minute walk, no big deal. And also on Saturday, March 14th, head on over to Singin' and Swingin'. An afternoon of singing and swinging to great musical hits from the 1940s, performed by Coral Bel Canto and Big Band Theory. Your toes will be tapping to tunes like Tuxedo Junction, Comply With Me, Chattanooga Choo Choo, and On the Sunny Side of the Street. Join us in the Ray Theater at Rio Hondo College on Saturday, March 14th at 4 p.m. for a concert that will bring a smile to your face. And Saturday afternoon parking is a breeze featuring a pre-concert talk by Dr. Brown at 3.30. So make sure you head on over at 3.30 
Tickets are available for purchase online or at the door. And on Saturday, March 21st, 2020, head on over to the Whittier Historic Neighborhood Association in Uptown Whittier. They're going to be having their annual yard sale. So it says rain or shine, join the historic Whittier Neighborhood Association for their yard sale. It'll be from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it'll be along, you know, it's a pretty good stretch of land here. It's gonna go on Painter, Hadley, it's um, the Orange Drive, and I believe that's Greenleaf. So look within that area and you'll definitely be able to see some family-friendly yard sales. And lastly, we have our Whittier Post Office Dedication Ceremony. So the Whittier Post Office will be renamed in honor of Whittier resident and Vietnam War veteran Jose Ramos. Mr. Ramos was an avid advocate for Vietnam War veterans and an active member of the Whittier community. Please join us in celebrating his legacy. Congresswoman Linda Sanchez is going to be dedicating the Jose Ramos Post Office. So if you'd like to RSVP, go to 562-860-5050 or sign up online at joseramospostoffice.eventbrite.com. The ceremony is free and open to the public. Again, it's taking place on Wednesday, March 18th at 11 a.m. The address of the Whittier Post Office is 8520 Michigan Avenue, Whittier, California, 90605. And then after, head on across the street, go over to Fresh Off the Hook or a Grub Burger Bar, get yourself a nice lunch. So thank you everybody for listening to this week's community corkboard announcements. Follow us. If you don't follow us, head on over to Instagram, Facebook, What's Up Whittier. And, uh, you know, we have some really great hosts. We have Remo the Realtor, the one and only. Head on over to RemoTheRealtor.com to learn more information. If you're looking to buy or sell your home in 2020, what a great new decade. So why not start it in a new home? And if you already have a home, but you're looking to make some changes to it, or you're interested in participating in, you know, homelessness prevention and building an ADU, an additional dwelling unit, contact J2 Architects. You should contact my guy, Jesse, Jesse the Architect at J2 Architects. You can head to j2architects.com or on social media, J2 Architects. He'll get back to you, no problem. They're a really great firm. They do a lot of great stuff. Um, I know that Remo and Jesse work together um, a lot of the time, but it's because they're both great people to do business with. So, of course, they'll do business together. And for me, if you need a notary, I, you can reach out to me. My Instagram is at the singing moon. And if you do want to kind of stick around to learn more about my advocacy for the community, head on over to christineforwittier.com. You can also follow me at christineforwittier on Instagram. And I'm going to change the Facebook name, So, um, but still, go out and look for at christineforwittier on Facebook. Like I said, and also I've been saying this like during the whole campaign, but you know, the new mayor or the mayor would be sworn in mid-April. So today, I'm still a commissioner. And although all the votes have not been counted, I'm pretty strong in third place, getting over 10% of the vote. So that's a pretty good job for your first time. Um, And so I implore you, you know, please join me on the next journey because just so many positive things to take out of this campaign. I can't tell you how many times, how many times I actually met individuals that said, you know, I've never voted, people that are 30 years old, 30, okay? I know that when I was 18, I was excited to vote, but then we have... Gen Xers who I'm grateful for I'm grateful to know them and they're like Christine I've never voted and so my first vote was for you because you were literally the first name on the ballot that's special and you know nobody can take that feeling away so it's incredibly awe-inspiring and it's 
it's, it's awesome just to kind of learn how you've inspired individuals to really step up and do for their community. Um, and this is a very positive campaign. So we really focus on the having positivity really be the center of it. But anyway, this isn't Issues with Christine. You guys can follow that podcast. Um, but again, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for listening to What's Up Whittier. Thank you for following, subscribing, liking, leaving us reviews, and sharing with your friends. Because at the end of the day, we're all here for our community. We all love Whittier. We love talking about our people, our personalities, our nonprofits. And if you are interested in coming onto the podcast, email us at whatsupwhittierpod at gmail.com. We record our episodes on Thursdays after 4 o'clock. So if that time works for you, that time works for us. Let me know. Um, Alrighty, everybody. So again, please don't forget to follow all of us and check out our new website, whatsupwhittier.xyz. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for all of the listeners. I know that Jesse and Remo are too. So, all right, here we go. Take it away, Jesse and Remo. What's up, Whittier? Dun, dun, dun. Christine, welcome back. Hey, guys. Missed everybody. How's everyone doing out in podcast universe? It feels like forever, right? It does feel like forever. But we're back. We're back to the normal routine here. Routine. The exciting routine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I um, Yeah. The, the last series we did, which was – it was great. Um, I think, obviously, every year we'll keep improving it and making it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, I – I think I learned a lot. Obviously, you learned a lot, way more than we did. Yeah, I was actually in it. In the trenches, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think that'll that'll bring a different podcast interview. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. In the future, but um, yeah, no, getting back to it, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody today earlier in the morning about those, this whole podcasting, and and uh, you know, they obviously listen, uh, listen in, mm-hmm. and so they're curious to see who was up on the lineup. And I said, well, we have some interesting people coming on. Uh, obviously, I didn't want to start throwing names out there, but uh, <laughs> you know, we do, I didn't mention we had an artist or um, a writer coming mm-hmm. in today. Um, but I said, you know, stay tuned. And I think everybody's in that mode. I think politics is already yeah, it's like back of, to reality yes. kind of a thing, right? <laughs> it's like let's get into something that's more entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, Christine, who do we have today? Well, I know we're not doing politics, but here is my colleague from the Cultural Arts Commission. We have Commissioner, uh, like, what's your name again? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Octavio Cesar Martinez. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So, you know, with with your Hispanic background, you went total Caucasian on the pronunciation there. Octavio it's Cesar Martinez. Octavio Cesar Mar- Mar- Martinez. You got to roll the R. Octavio roll the R. Yeah. Roll the R, go home. <laughs> roll the R, go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Octavio, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Appreciate that. You're you're our second writer. Is that right? I think so. It's our, your second. Second or third? Or? Wow. I'll, I'll say second because uh, I don't remember the third. But uh, well, you're our second. Eva wrote a book. Troy wrote a book. Cesar, uh, Octavio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Cesar. Um, Octavio wrote a book. <coughs> All right. But we're, you're here today, so we're very grateful for your presence. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, well, also, also the second book I wrote. There you go. Yeah. yeah. See, I was, it, I, I'd say we stick with the two. Okay. Two works. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we had, obviously, before we started the podcast, we had a little kind of conversation. Uh, but for those that don't know who you are and obviously have not read any of your books, mm-hmm. uh, kind of 
who who are you? I mean, who who mm-hmm. is Octavio? Mm-hmm. So um, I've lived in Whittier about 35, 40 years. I spent 30 years in telecommunications, always in some sort of a sales role. So sales managing, sales, corporate sales, small business. And uh, married, going on uh, four decades, actually four decades plus. Uh, spent some time as a pastor until I resigned back in 2015. But that book probably colors uh, what the story in that book probably colored everything I did in terms of wishing to help people. Uh, the, ch- the work I did at, at the church, the work I currently do at St. Mary's, and uh, and so the whole topic is about forgiveness, learning how to forgive, what forgiveness is, what forgiveness is not, and how a person can become healthier and freer by practicing the virtue of forgiveness. Before we get into your book and, and what, what this whole book entails, um, a little bit about yourself in terms of, I know you kind of see you you pretty much grown up in the area. Yeah. Um, you've kind of mentioned in terms of what you've done in the past in terms of work what are you currently doing now other than writing yeah actually writing has taken up almost all my time oh nice currently uh i do some small jobs as a coach for people the life coach thing um writing has always been a kind of a thing uh, in the last three or four years you know for Almost 35 years I was developing content, always telling stories, always teaching. And so it was uh, now a matter of actually just putting it in writing. I did some speech writing for people. I've done that for folks. Um, And also uh, a personal stylist for men. I had much more, I had many more female clients than I have male clients. But I've done weddings, personal makeovers, uh, people coming out of college, going into a professional environment. And, uh, yeah, so I did a few – I've done a few male clients. In fact, I got another another gentleman out of NASA who wants to revamp his look. So I do that. Look at you. Look at me. It's, uh, <laughs> and it, that's why he's a stylist. I was, I was, yeah, that's a lot of, like, like talk about renaissance, man, right? Like trying to all put it all together. Yeah, it's, I know it's it, random. Right. It makes no sense. Uh, but the whole clothing thing is from my dad. I mean, my dad was that guy that – you know, wore the suit to go to work, and then he would switch into his chef whites, do his thing. The chefs, or the, he was a sous chef. He had, a, he still had a little apartment at, at the at the hotels or restaurants he would work at. Mm-hmm. So he would shower and change and come back in this suit. And yeah, I just said, oh, that's how that's how grown men live. You know, you yeah. you wear a suit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and for those of you, for those that are listening that don't know who you are. Uh-huh. Um, I need to kind of maybe you can help me describe yourself because uh, it's a little distracting right now. Even though we're in podcasting and we're not recording, yeah. you, your hands are moving, but your hands are tattooed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So explain a little bit about what you got going on okay. uh, tattoo wise on your hands. So years ago, um, you know, life was defined, I think, by violence. I mean, there was a point I didn't even trust myself with my own kids or family. I just, I, I was never certain when something would just set me off with strangers in the streets i mean yeah and uh so my hands had scars from that time and a couple of broken bones and so they were you know it showed my life showed on my hands what happened in my 40s is that what used to be an embarrassment was now a place of reminding me that i was no longer that person 
So that I had no tattoos at all. And the first thing I wanted to get a tattoo from was on my hands. I, my first church assistant, a woman named Janine, she was beautifully tattooed, just a beautiful woman, had some amazing artwork. So she called me one day to say that she had an appointment. She had to cancel it because she was going to go to Palm Springs that same weekend in the, uh, what is it, the, something in the swimming pool water. What is it? The chlorine. chlorine. The chlorine, that's it. The chlorine was going to be a problem and being in the sun, so she decided to cancel her appointment. She asked me if I wanted it, so I took it. So I go to um, to Lefty's Tattoo in Orange, uh, and I see Dan out there, and he's done all my artwork. So the first time I went out there, I said, hey, I want to get this on my fingers. So he's doing the work, and uh, he says, well, but, we're, but we're, you knew what you were getting? Oh, yeah. Or, okay. Oh, yeah, I always knew. Okay. I, oh, it, the reason why I delayed it, actually, was that there was a book entitled The Same Thing, Love Wins. And I didn't want to be a fanboy. I mean, I, the book was okay, but I just, you know, I didn't want people to think it was all about the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's doing the work on my hands, on my fingers, and he says, oh, where else do you have your artwork? And I said, oh, that's it. He goes, oh, this is the first place you're getting it done? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I don't plan on working anymore, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they said, oh, my gosh, that's so hard. And everyone was amazed. I thought, well, for me, again, I just thought, well, this is what I would wanted to do because this is, this is my story. yeah, yeah. So he had quoted me one price. He decided to add color, do some other flair, because it's uh, Sailor Jerry is what I have. And um, so he, he charged me less. But that's what's just a cool, fun thing I did. And so then I went to the Sacred Heart of Christ, the Cairo, the first two letters of Christ's name, prayer beads. This is the Rose of Sharon. And the next artwork, it will be, it's all Catholic. It, it will be Catholic. Yeah. So I know you kind of quickly glossed over what you do have but uh, love wins is uh-huh. what's uh tattooed across on, on my fingers yes that's right love wins across your knuckles there mm-hmm. um and then right below is what a verse yeah this is the new testament passage that it comes from it's first corinthians chapter 13 verse 8 and that verse starts with saint paul saying love never fails hmm. so in fact if you've been to any wedding the usually First Corinthians 13, there's two or three verses people will always read from there. Mm. And uh, it's always this romantic, gauzy, warm, oh, everything's going to work out, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, yes, but, you know, there's a lot of heavy lifting that goes with loving somebody. Yeah. But Paul is describing God's divine love towards us, and then hopefully then we mimic that in love for each other. Mm-hmm. But he ends it he, that little soliloquy with saying, love never fails. And he starts verse 8. But as I was just telling you earlier, I don't have enough fingers for that. So I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> love wins. Yeah, yeah. Love wins. That's funny. Yeah. In terms of the heart, though, mm-hmm. w- w- can you go back to that? So, so what? Because the thing that catches my eye, aside from obviously having uh, tattoos on your, on your hands, yeah. is that the red color pops yep. out on... All your tattoos. Yeah, 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 it does. So this is the iconic symbol for the heart of Jesus that's aflamed, and it's a, there's encircled with a crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. There's a similar image for Mary, his mother, but it's encircled with a, a ring of roses, mm. or sometimes there'll be seven swords with the seven sorrows. Mm. So this is the one I chose. Uh, the next thing I have is some three crowns for the Trinity, two crosses here, and three stars for the dual nature of Christ and the Trinity here as well. 
and then the text will be Mary, Christ, and a couple of quotes from Augustine. She got it all mapped out. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. Well, the other reason, and as I joked about it at, at Biola, if I'm ever disfigured in a horrible accident, uh, when the demons and angels are arguing over my body, they'll say, I, I think this one's ours, so we'll, <laughs> we'll take him and we'll kick, him, kick him down if he isn't, but uh, we'll yeah. take him for now. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Again, aside from being a conversation starter, I mean, it, to have such a story uh, put into that, uh, again, and I think it ties back to what your book Yep. You started writing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, let's I guess let's get into the book. Okay. If you could explain to us a little bit about um, first, tell us the title. Sure. And then tell us a little bit about what what it's about. Okay. So the the book is is a long title, and we went back and forth with the publisher about that. Um, it, the book's called "It Was a Beautiful Day When My Father Died." My father died back in two o four in July, and so it has three meanings. One, I was glad he died. I mean, I had that much contempt for him. Second thing is, it was a turning point for me emotionally, spiritually. The third thing is that it just happened to be actually a very beautiful day. And so the the title works on all those levels. We were looking at a subtitle, and the subtitle we were thinking about was, uh, it was a beautiful day when my father died on forgiveness and fatherhood, or fatherhood and forgiveness. It was a beautiful day when my father died. We went back and forth on that. We ended up just leaving it where it was. And so it is a story of learning how to forgive uh, a very difficult person, you know, and how not forgiving him didn't punish him. It punished me. Hmm. You say it was difficult, uh, difficult in the sense that um, just the way you were raised or, or difficult in what sense? Yeah. So just to be clear, the story is not about I'm an amazing guy, I'm such a saint, you know, I'm a hero, I'm a, I'm a survivor. I, I, those kind of stories don't interest me. They really don't. I'm trying to point out that I failed as, as a son to two fathers, my earthly father and my heavenly father. Mm. And then I failed, I think, as a father raising kids because I was carrying all this crap inside of me, all this poison. So the story, it, 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 you know, my dad was a triple-A dad. Just, that's the shortest way to put it. He was an alcoholic, he was an adulterer, and he was an abuser. And unfortunately, he probably didn't have anybody in his life that could help him put the brakes on. Mm-hmm. He didn't have anybody perhaps who could show him a better way to live or, or maybe call him on the carpet. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I was very fortunate. I mean, I had a couple of men step in and point out that I'm, I'm, I was destroying the very thing that mattered to me, which mm-hmm. was my family. And so, you know, when someone pulls your covers, you can either get pissed off and bitter because you're embarrassed, or you could ask for help. Yeah. And luckily, I chose number two. Well, I'm late to the party, so... <laughs> oh, hey, Rima. Yeah, hey, guys. Sorry for coming late. So I'm, obviously, I walked in, and we were talking about tattoos, and, and, and now we're talking about a book, which is uh, unique. And I'm looking through the book, and I see some of these chapter names, and they're not your typical chapter one. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. One of them is, he was seven when uh, his mother tried to hang him. Yep. Um, the 80s, and that effing bird. So right. um, where did the titles for the chapters come from? 
You know, Christina and I were talking earlier, and I think everyone has mentioned this. Um, my mother once said something to me that is definitely borne out to be true, that there's something to learn from everybody. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's what not to do. Mm-hmm. And if you take the time to get to know someone, you realize, okay, they're, they're a jerk, they're an idiot, but now I know why. And you can develop sometimes some compassion or patience for it. Mm-hmm. As I got to remember uh, more of my dad's story, I mean, a lot of that crap that happened to him as a young kid, I mean, growing up in Mexico, he, uh, his mother died when he was nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a very serious woman. I, I, never, I never met her, obviously. I mean, he, she died long before I was even born. I saw a picture of her, and she seemed like a no-nonsense, humorless woman. Mm-hmm. So as I say in that story, my dad found out how no-nonsense and humorless she was. She actually tried to hang him. Wow. And my grandfather happened to come home early one day wow. and caught that. And my dad says, I don't know if she would have done it. Yeah. She was about to kick the chair out, you know? Yeah. Wow. And that's got to screw with you. Yeah. So he was a small boy when she died, and he took comfort in... Uh, sharing a bed with my grandfather. You know, he slept with him. But my grandfather was, you know, a normal man and met somebody else, get married, and then, you know, he was, I don't want to say kicked out, but he was told he had to leave. Yeah, yeah. So he had a, he went through a, a, like a, a, a rejection, a loss of his mother, and what felt like a rejection. Correct. You know, um, yeah, he had his own stuff to deal with, and I, I'm sure he might have thought, like a lot of people do, well, somebody loves me, you know, that'll, that'll redeem me, that'll change me. Love changes everything. It doesn't. Yeah. You, you just carry that crap into another relationship. And, and I think that's kind of, as human beings, that's almost, it, that's what I've been noticing in terms of. What's that? Um, it, it's just keeping that same, um, what's the right word? Just Baggage. Uh, like baggage, but also like, yeah. Like so Patterns? No, exactly, Patterns. And so if you're raised in a certain way and you hold on to, to some negativity, um, then you're, the next cycle, which is essentially your family, mm-hmm. then you start repeating the same things that your past uh, you know, yep. father or relationship had. Yep. Um, and it's not until somebody kind of nips in the butt and says, you know what, this is not right. Uh, this cannot continue going this way. And you decide to kind of do that 180 and go in a different direction. Well, um, you know, we talked about your respect for the, the scriptures. And in the Old Testament, it sounds harsh, but it's a, it's a, it's a therapeutic principle. Mm-hmm. The Lord says, I visit the sins of those who hate me on the third, fourth generations. Like, wow, that's, that's messed up. Yeah. You know, why are you punishing people who weren't even responsible? Yeah. But what he's talking about is that, you know, alcoholics tend to raise alcoholics. Yes. A molester is going to screw someone's sexual life. Yeah. And then that'll pass on. Yeah. And uh, a physical abuser is going to raise a physical abuser, mm-hmm. and he did. And uh, until something happens, until something changes, nothing changes. Correct. Mm-hmm. So some people might have a powerful religious experience, and that makes a change. Some people realize, okay, I, I'm 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 destroying everything that matters to me. I I need help, and yeah. they you know they'll, they'll go seek it. Or so it could be therapy, it could be religion, it could be just a matter of someone waking up and recognizing. I need to stop this. That behavior, yeah. Yeah, something. And uh, so just before we started, I was briefly reading the book. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one of the chapters you, you kind of start off with, 
you and your dad were essentially twins yep. uh, with the, uh, obviously an age difference. That's right, um, a few years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so in terms of, uh, obviously, that's almost uh, the foundation of what you're talking about through the book. But how does that, um, how does that differentiate, how is it different from your life now to where you were in the past realizing that? Uh, you, you know, my, my father was a creative guy. He, uh, like I said, I learned so much about, well, I actually mimic a lot of what he is. In fact, I, my hand motions, I mean, I realized sometimes I was sitting the way he would sit, and I would change it because I didn't want to be you him. You don't want to be him, yeah. I do not want to be him, yeah. <laughs> the way he wore his cologne, the clothes, colors. He was also creative, and, and being a chef was his creativity. My father cooked for President Ford and President Carter. He cooked for the Rolling Stones. He was on that FBI and social, I mean, the Secret Service, not watch list, but when when he would cook, those guys would be in the kitchen watching mm-hmm. you cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was only a certain number of people allowed in the kitchen when you're cooking for those people. Um, any rate, uh, I think the difference is that, uh, well, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I mean I'll, I'll go, I'll lean back into my faith. I've often said that Jesus Christ was the first and only human being. And what I mean by that is people's crap and brokenness, or what the church would call sin, is not intrinsic to humanity. It's intrinsic to our humanity, but it's not intrinsic to being a human being. Mm -hmm. So Christ comes fully human, fully divine, so without sin, and he lives a human life. What I think the difference has been for me is that I'm learning to get rid of that and, and or learning to rely on his strength through the Holy Spirit and not live in that darkness, not live in that brokenness. I've had people say, well, you know, faith is, seems to be restrictive and, you know, it curtails you and this, that, and the other. Okay, well, I've been off the leash before, yeah. and not a whole lot of good came out of it. And so people who are listening to this are thinking, oh, this guy's full of crap. Let me ask you. Do you find yourself always listening to every single appetite or impulse that comes up? You know, I'm going to bang that chick. I'm going to look at that porn site. I'm going to drink this. I'm going to lose my temper here. At least Christ is saying, I will, I will remove that so that you can finally be the best version of yourself. So that you can be free not to have to do every single impulse that comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it is, yeah, I mean, some of it is... <laughs> <laughs> you were talking earlier for Lent. I'm trying to work on my language. Uh, some of it is harder. Some of it is easier. The, the whole my anger thing, that was an act of his kindness. That went literally almost overnight. was gone. But other, sh- other stuff has been a little harder to work through. Yeah, yeah. You know. And, again, it's one of those things where I, I don't know if it's kind of like you said, it's that you're getting older and you start realizing that or – somehow it's brewing behind your mind um, and you're like, I got to get to it. I know I got to fix this or I got to work on this. And it's not until you get into that position that you, you find yourself, like like they say, uh, uh, between a rock and a, and, a, and, a and a hard place, that you have to make that decision, which at that point it's unfortunate because you're limited in terms of resources of what you can and cannot do. But, uh, again, is it is it life that gets you or experience that gets you to that point or is it some kind of like you said divine in, you know in, intervention to kind of move you in that direction uh, I, yes and no i think it's all of it look uh, i think 
you know, I, I've met those people because I was a chaplain with the sheriffs and a chaplain here in Whittier. You meet people that come to – well, okay, I'll give you an example. Once we pulled over a situation, there was a lady from Orange County. So think of your typical Orange County Republican. She was giving blowjobs to her dealer for dope. Wow. That's how low she had gotten. Mm-hmm. Now, she got arrested, and so did the dealer and all that. You know, there was a number of things that went on. And I made me wonder, will she now finally get help? Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, so sometimes life teaches you, and I've said that sometimes the best teacher in life is experience. You find out what works, what doesn't work, right? Other times I think uh, there's an act of grace and kindness. There's nothing in you calling out for help. There's nothing in you that's looking for it. God seems to show up. Why? I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know why he showed up in my life and not others, because I think of people that I've known who are better men, better women than I am, and I received a huge gift, so I don't want to waste it, mm-hmm. you know. I, it, it, it's almost like um, I feel like I'm paying the rent for having existed, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm at. Others, sometimes they find that they see someone, a neighbor, a friend, like, you know, so-and-so doesn't seem to have problems with their money or they have, they have a nice house. and. Why? What's the secret? What makes you tick? Yeah. And so, so well, you know, I, I, I choose to live this way. I have a particular moral code or I have a standard, you know. Um, because of my degree in philosophy, I realize that you don't have to be religious to be moral. But there's always a better way to live. Um, the Stoics were a good example of, of a, a better way to, how to, to live. live. How to live, right, you know. If you uh, anybody remember seeing Gladiator with Russell yeah, Crowe, yeah. remember the Emperor Marcus yeah, Aurelius? Yeah. yeah, Marcus Aurelius was an amazing Stoic. He wrote a book, uh, and uh, and so if you ever want to read about how to live a better life that has nothing to do with Christianity, <laughs> he wrote a good one. There you go. By the way, that was the best movie ever. It is the best movie. I bought it. I could watch. Yeah, see yeah, here, I, I can watch, watch it two or three movie. times. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we just everyone loves to see somebody who's willing to to to, to die for a good cause. Right. And everything about that story is true. It, had they not fought the Persians, democracy as we understand it wouldn't exist. Wow. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Yeah. I had a question. What made the um, the the it was it the cursing that you said was really was easier to not cursing the um, temper. the anger the temper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What made that easy versus other things? No, bro. I I, I wish I could tell you what it was. Um, I I. I Here's what's funny. I, and, and I've said this many times. I said that God is an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Not everybody likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, uh, I probably go to Mass minimum two, three times a week, um, Monday through Thursday. And, of course, on Sundays, which is required, you're a Catholic. Mm-hmm. I, don't go, I, don't go to, I don't cheat and go to Saturday Vigil Mass. Um, but I have an alarm set for a different for about four or five times a day to pray. And uh, and one of the things I'm taking up for Lent, which is called this Holy Hour, is talk about praying for an hour, bro. That's mm-hmm. that's a challenge. But uh, and all of that I'm working for to get my head into a place to get rid of, set free, cleansed from cursing. I don't think of it as a big deal. I mean, it's not a, like, you know, someone drops the F-bomb. Like, I, I don't lose my mind. I don't, I don't go over and say anything. But for me, I just wanted to clean up my, my mouth. The anger thing was um, 
was uh, it, it was almost as if I I best way I describe it is that I it was God telling me He would set me free from that, but I was going to have to live for Him. And I can honestly tell you, I paused. I wasn't sure because I had been so used to living like an asshole. I thought, well, who am I going to be if I like? Okay, yeah, you've I, identified I, yourself as I know uh, this guy. Yeah. Well, what's this guy going to be like? Yeah. And I wasn't sure. I mean, it, it actually gave me pause. And I thought, but okay, but so far this isn't working. Mm-hmm. So okay, and I, I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to be this weenie. I'm going to be this goofy dude. <laughs> I'm going to be this Christian. Like I, it didn't sound attractive to me. So I thought, I, I don't know, but this wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was literally like this. Wow. Yeah. Should should you go around and speak uh, to to the younger generation in terms of <clears throat> your life experience and how to navigate through life, not wanting to make the same. Um, I don't want to say mistakes, but they were. Know, the <laughs> It's okay, bro. They were. They were mistakes. I mean, you don't end up in jail and bankruptcy court, crashed cars, your ass kicked when you pick a fight with the wrong guy because you're making wise life choices. (laughs) Well, those are lessons, right? Those are lessons. Through the challenge, you find the lesson in the learning opportunity. That's right. Find find, what can I learn from this as I'm being, you know, as they're fixing you. (laughs) You know, when when they're pulling out bits of gravel from your hands and when they're going to 5150. You, yeah. you you realize, okay, what can I learn from this? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I do. But you know what's funny about it? And this has gone on since Aristotle. Every generation thinks they're smarter than the one that, that came before them, and they think they're wiser than the ones that are coming after them. So I'm, I'm, I'm now that old guy. I mean, you know, I'm old. So... Unless someone is looking for information, no, I I won't. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to people, unfortunately, that have had from heroin addiction to sleeping around with too many partners on a regular basis, just just to self medicate. Yeah, you know, there's a better way to live. If if you're down, I'm happy to tell you. If not, and this is working for you, you're you're good. I'm good. You're still my friend. You come to my house. We'll eat. You're welcome to come to my church. But if it's no longer working for you, I'm happy to tell you. So at the church, it was generally a younger crowd that I had. And, uh, and, I mean, you know, I'm fairly transparent. I don't have any judgment. You know, you're telling me you're banging a goat. Okay. Is that working for you? No. (laughs) No? Okay. Well, there might be a better way to live. And here's what I found. Yes, I'm convinced it is the truth. I'm convinced that following Christ makes more sense than not. But if you choose not to, I don't have a dog in that fight. That's on you. Yeah. Well, and the reason why I said is because, again, going through life and navigating through life, we all talk about, like, you know, we're, we're right now in a current stage or phase in our life. And I always hear people say, well, what would you tell? What piece oh, of advice would yeah. you tell? Your younger self, yeah. you know, twenty years ago, yeah, and you're right. I could give a piece of a piece of advice, but are they really gonna? Would I really take that advice and run with it? Mm-hmm. You know. So here's the thing I've noticed is that 
in philosophy, you learn about the transcendentals, truth, goodness, and beauty. If I tell you what you're doing is wrong and it's not moral and this is what you should do, I'm thinking, who the hell are you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian, I think that sometimes. Who the hell are you? T- I mean, okay, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. If someone says to you, what you're doing is not good, and I know what's better for you, then I, again, like, oh, I, I, I just think people don't care. Correct. They don't want to hear that, that someone is telling them that they know the truth or that they're better. But what's difficult to argue against is beauty. And so when someone lives a life that is interesting or or attractive or winsome, oh, okay, well, then I think you earn the right to speak to someone. Mm-hmm. Another way that I've looked at sharing my faith is through the arts. The church has been a patron of the arts for years. I, I, I was just at um, Christ Cathedral this morning to see the Sistine Chapel exhibit. Now, I've been to Rome to see it, in, and it's stunning, but, it, you know, it's almost six stories up. Mm-hmm. So you just... You don't get the impact of you don't it. You see all the detail, yeah. Right. So when you see a full-scale reproduction right in front of you, and you literally can touch the, the the vinyl canvas thing that they made mm. of, they're they're bigger than life size. Wow. And then you 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 read what Michelangelo did in what this story, what this particular image represents, and why it was important in the canon of art, and and all that. But why did he do it? What is he What is he painting? He's painting. These biblical stories, he was—he took the scripture seriously. This beautiful, beautiful thing in this chapel there in, in the Vatican—that's compelling. And so it's the same thing, like with—I um, don't know—I I don't follow sports. I never played sports, but but I can appreciate world-class athletes. Like ah, that's amazing. Oh, okay, I'll give you one. My son is a um, MMA fighter, amateur. And I would go see those fights, and they, they just looked like brawling, you know? And yeah. they're, they're crazy. But then my son took the time to explain it, what was actually happening in some of these holds and the grappling and why that move was important, what was happening. Mm. All of a sudden, then I could see the beauty in these, in their, these athletes, their bodies and their motions, their movements, and I wanted to learn more about it. Mm. So in the same way, I think if, if people want to talk about their faith – Start with the beauty. Start with why it's a it's a better way to live. It, I mean, it, why it's a beautiful way to live. You know, um, yeah. Otherwise, I, I think people don't care. Like, oh, um, when you start with truth and goodness, that's a non-starter. Start with beauty, or or just for everybody who's a Christian listening to this later on. Why don't you just live a damn interesting life? You know, go to a movie once in a while, read a damn book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I get it. Church is important. I get that. I, I'm there with you. But you know. Gosh, you know, do something interesting. That yeah. otherwise, it's kind of an, kind of an embarrassment, I think, to the church. And it's interesting <laughs> you said. Yeah. Was that yeah. funny? For you? I, I mean, you know, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's interesting you say you say that because you know I've, I've had conversations with family mm-hmm. about God and, and and you know what our beliefs are. Obviously, mm-hmm. everybody has different faiths, different, mm-hmm. different beliefs. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's all about you know. Um, I think. I, you know, we all talk about paradise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the afterlife and all that. Mm-hmm. And and for me, the, my the way I've been looking at things is like I think we're meant to create this our life a paradise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we need to be happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. We need to enjoy our life, and we need to create something that at the end of the day, when we do leave the earth, that we're creating that paradise for our 
you know, future generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I'm saying, like, in terms of, of conversations that you would have with, with, you know, the younger generation. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, it, if, we're, if we're having conversations at our age mm-hmm. and we're talking about our life experiences, we don't have, I don't think, enough years to create that impact as a younger person would. And, uh, you know, look, if, if there was a way to help teenagers and young adults choose a healthier life from the get-go when you're yeah. young, strong, your, your money-making years, the peak of your strength, most men, are, we peak out late 30s to early 40s, and then everything starts to decline. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think most guys feel it in their 30s. Yeah. You can't drink the same way. You can't eat the same way. You, know, you don't bounce back from the cold. You're absolutely right. And it does happen. It, it happens uh, maybe not as much as we'd like to see. However, the reality is, is that for many of us, uh, we don't see th- all those things that maybe are un- unhealthy. They don't show up right away. Yeah, yeah. They show up 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And you go, oh, crap. But once again, I think the universe, God, works in, in a person's favor, male or female, that when they start making good choices, you, you begin to pick up momentum and create a movement. Mm. So part of my writing that book was trying to leave something behind because mm. I won't be around forever, you know, uh, that would be useful and that people who read that, then they would start to make healthier choices and that it has, you know, an exponential effect as well. Uh, look, if, if, if someone reads that book, male or female, and they learn to forgive and they're in their early 20s, say, for example, um, that's going to save them two or three decades mm-hmm. and a lot of crap that, that I went through that, and dragged my family through, yeah. they won't have to do. So what would you say the key factor would be to forgive? Well, it's first recognizing that it's probably affecting you, low level to high level, you know, the guy that cut you off, the, the barista that, that maybe didn't get your drink right and you were late for work. You know? I think you're describing Remo all, like... <laughs> to a T right now. I just brush things off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, you know, I, I think a lot of folks, you know, oh, yeah, so the, your book's trying to teach me how to let it go. Yes and no. I mean, yes, in that learning how to let it go by forgiving, but uh, not, no, things just don't go. I mean, they accumulate. And then somebody blows up or something happens. You go, well, why are you? Look at it this way. Have you ever broken your finger or had a cut, strained your arm? You know how you kind of protect it, right? And you're more sensitive to it. When I moved into the house that I lived in, Within two weeks, I had to think I made three hospital visits because I fell off a ladder or I cut myself and some crushed a finger. It was, you know, it was almost as if the house was possessed, man. It was wild. But what I learned from all that is I'm, I'm, I'm clumsy as hell because my finger was bandaged up. I had, I had broken something on my foot, and this was all jacked up. I didn't realize how often I bump into things. And when I did, I would, you know, it would hurt, right? I think mental and emotional wounds are no different. So someone seems to blow up really quickly when you, if you tease them about their looks. Well, there's, there's something there. You, you, you just touched a sore spot. Mm-hmm. You touched an injury. Now, I'm not saying that forgiveness is the key to everybody's mental health, but I think it's a big one. Mm-hmm. You know? And when, when you're looking at yourself reflectively, like what sort of injuries have I absorbed and not resolved? Forgiveness helps clean them out. 
another way to look at it is is the way people when they eat food um, you know you eat food you Take in the nutrients and evacuate the rest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Forgiveness is the evacuation. It's getting rid of the crap. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you learn from things like, okay, I, I need to learn how to pick better friends. I need to, um, I shouldn't be so trusting. I should have maybe, you know, considered those yellow flags more seriously. So forgiveness is, is evacuation. But, but learning from the experience versus saying, oh, you know, it's all bad and, and uh, when people who, who are not forgiving, they are emotionally and spiritually constipated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they, their, their relationships show, it shows up in their work, it shows up in the way that they manage their lives. And that I'm convinced of. But I think you also talked a little bit about, in the I listened to your Biola interview, mm-hmm. and you talked a little bit about self-love mm-hmm. and how important that is also. Well, if it was you know, like the self-forgiveness, forgiving yourself thing? No, but it was like... I don't know, wasn't it? Or maybe I was listening to RuPaul's podcast, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The fact, the fact that you confused us, that was. Uh, well, it's uh, an know, extreme. There's a thing. Well, you know, RuPaul says a thing. It's like, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love anybody else? So the self love, self forgiveness. If you can't do that for your own self, how can you yeah. love or forgive others? Yeah, well, okay. So it, in the Bible interview, there was a, a question from from uh, one of the students about, you know, how do you learn how to forgive yourself? I actually went the other direction. I said that self-forgiveness is, is utter nonsense. I'll get on my little soapbox. I think it's nonsense. Uh, look, if, if the lawgiver of the universe forgives you, who's left? It's, I think, leaning into that and understanding who it is and what it is that you've been offered. You're not on the same moral footing, you're not another lawgiver. You're not on the same moral authority as as God mm-hmm. to say, oh, I need to forgive myself. I can get to the language that says, I accept the fact that I'm human mm-hmm. and that I've demonstrated that Christian theology is true. I'm broken. And at my best, I'll have moments of greatness, but I'm still very dark without Christ. Yeah. I'll, I'll always, my, my default mode would be selfishness, my default mode will be stupidity. My default mode will be violence. My default mode will be darkness. In Christ, I have a healthier life. But, you know, I guess if there's some self-love in there, it's like, I, I, let me live as a Christian so that I, 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 um, I honor my creator and I, I cause a little bit less dis- mess as I get through life. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I mean, I think the first step to forgiveness is always uh, getting getting over the feeling of um of embarrassment yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. i mean i don't know if you f- if you feel that way but for me and i notice this on on my kids i mean we're talking about two kids who are very young and and essentially don't have much uh faults in mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. um but they're they their the response to anything that i want to push them to m- kind of get instill in them mm-hmm. is usually oh i'm embarrassed or, or that's embarrassing, or mm-hmm. and it's like what? that's, that's kind of weird. I mean, you know, uh, even as we get older, I mean, that, that tends to be the reason why we don't do certain things, right? Man, that was, but, it's so so stinking true. I mean, there's there's one thing I heard just recently about you know, be brave enough to be bad at something again. Yeah. But if you look at the story of Adam and Eve, and I think it's true, not just a a mythic tale. The first thing that happened after the break with God is that they were embarrassed. And they cover themselves. Mm. And that story has repeated 
for centuries. Yeah, you yeah. know, pride. Uh, I mean, think how hard it is to say you're sorry to your wife. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's – that's – and I think not more, me, baby. I can say sorry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you get used to saying it a lot. <laughs> I, I, I tease a lot of young husbands, like, "Hey, man, uh, buy a good couch and learn to say I'm sorry." Because yeah, if you don't learn to say I'm sorry, you're going to be on that couch. Well, Remo has a whole room to himself. So yep. there you go, a whole floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, but suppose so, and again, uh, let, me, let me just say, I'll even say if if the story of Christianity is true, you have a holy God showing up. And this is the problem for, for most people with Christianity. Christ is not a philosophy, though I think he has something to say about philosophy. He's not a principle, though I think he has something to say about principle. Christ is a person, and Christianity is personal. And to say that this perfect holy God comes at you, to say I'm sorry is hard because he's completely nothing like my essence, my being, is the result of him. He's pure essence, pure being. It's, it's not even a person. That, that, that's not a category that he fits in. So uh, when Jesus shows up, he does a miracle. One of the first things Peter says is, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. No one says, oh, there's a strange thing that happened in Christianity the last 70, 80 years where Christ became everybody's buddy and he's my friend and my co-pilot. And I, I mean, I get that to a degree, but if the story is true, he is he's Yahweh from the Old Testament. Uh, he is the God man. And um, that's hard to say I'm sorry to that person. Like, my goodness, the person could strike me. But he chose not to. Where do you think or how would you think <clears throat> if somebody's reading your book or, or listening to this podcast and mm-hmm. they're talking about forgiveness mm-hmm. and they want to forgive – Mm-hmm. Um, or start the for- forgiveness process. Mm-hmm. What do you think would be the best first step? I think the best first step is recognizing there was an injury, there was an offense, and what happened is wasn't right. Huh? Second thing is recognizing, okay, how much responsibility did that person have in that issue? If it was a child, a special needs adult, probably very little. So I, I can just forgive and forget. I need to maybe remind myself they had no responsibility in that action and there's probably a very good chance they're never going to do it again yeah. okay second step would be well what if they are responsible they knew it and they're not even owning it well it doesn't matter it, it, the other person who offended caused the injury caused the betrayal they don't have to say i'm sorry for me to forgive them if i'm waiting for that that's a business transaction you do this i'll do that yeah and you're the one that's being hurt by that. And you're, the longer you hold yeah. on to it, you know, Nelson Mandela, the quote that's credited to him, you know, unforgiveness is like uh, drinking poison but hoping they die. Yep. It, you, you, you understand it's, it's not so much letting someone else off the hook. It's letting yourself off the hook. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting free. The final thing about forgiveness is that it, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to restore the relationship either. Um, sometimes the person will never own it. Maybe they're dead. Uh, they'll never say they're sorry. You still have to learn how to forgive, whether it's from your religious tradition or through a, through a therapist or through a, maybe a life coach. Learning how to forgive is a safeguard for your emotional, mental health and anybody connected to you. Yeah. That's interesting you say the whole mental health because it does, I mean, it does play on a lot of people um, and that's usually the root of, of why we navigate through life uh, in these downs opposed to these ups 
And uh, I was just listening to um, I was listening to a, 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 he's a business owner. Uh, he talks about how uh, the mindset of a human being is is essentially created based on his surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so um, this was specifically talking about the poor poor mentality mm-hmm. um, versus the rich mentality, mm-hmm. and how where we get conditioned to think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the examples he was putting out there, I mean, it just it just it was it was resonating with what what I believe, mm-hmm. um, and just seeing or looking back to the way I was raised, um, and 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 being around friends who were also obviously. Uh, coming up at the same time and you could see how, how all that could play into your development as you get old yeah and think think about your diet think about where you live yeah exactly yeah you know it made you who you are yeah right and i'll even say this if all of us were to think about your friends people you hang out with people whose houses you go to that kind of thing right they probably think like you to a large degree similar socioeconomic status yeah. similar political views similar spiritual views and, and by the way, that's okay. Yeah. That's not that's not wrong. But understand that you might not be that much of a free thinker as you are. Yeah. When you're challenged by someone else, in this case, uh, I know I've gone back to this, but it, it does color me. When I'm challenged by the words of God, everybody has staggered at something God has said. Okay, I mean, people in the West, we love the idea of forgiveness. Take that. I was say, take that crap. Take the idea <laughs> of forgiveness to the Middle East. Forgive. The hell with that. I'm going to get even. An eye for an eye. Yeah, an eye for an eye. And not even just, and not, and not so much even the sense that punishment should both be appropriate. It's like, oh no, you did this to me, I'm going to do it to you. Take the idea of um, in the West, we might think the sexual standard of managing our sexual lives is completely out of line in the scripture. Like, that's stupid. I'm, I'm no. In the Middle East, it's not strict enough. No. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to stagger at the claims of Jesus and the words of God from the Old or New Testament. But if if I'm not listening to some, if I'm only listening to people who agree with me or I agree with, I'm just living in a stupid echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and maybe it's a healthy one, maybe it's a good one. Yeah. But maybe, maybe there there isn't the truth there that I need that, that'll help me become the best version of myself. And this is where I think uh, listening, reading great thinkers, listening to the dead, I've sometimes referred to it as, Reading books or listening to people who are wise have gone before us. You know, if, if you if you can't buy the whole Jesus thing, that's cool. I get it. Th- th- I, that's fine. But he lived a pretty good life, and every human trait or characteristic that we admire, he was the epitome of. Mm-hmm. Courage, sacrifice, service, you name it. Piety, uh, selflessness. So that's a pretty good life to follow. Yeah. You know, but we talked earlier about the Stoics. It's not a bad choice either. Yeah, you can't go wrong, right? I mean, mm-hmm. just and that's yeah. I mean, we could go on for the, for days on this discussion. Uh, okay, but I'll come but, back. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end See of the day, I, I think it just comes down to just living a good life and and uh, you know understanding that we're all, even though we're a human race, mm-hmm. right? We're all the same race. Mm-hmm. Um, we have different ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, there's some fundamentals in life that I think if you follow, then you could be in a good position. So let me end on my philosophy note. Uh, St. Paul speaks about that principle. It was the idea of the, the moral law, the, the natural law. 
that the universe is imprinted with that. So whether you're in another country, another culture, most people are going to agree, you know, lying is wrong, sleeping with somebody else's wife is wrong, murder is wrong. There's just some universal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, uh, honesty, selflessness, generosity, kindness, all those things are universals that seem to work in every culture. And uh, if someone finds their motivation because I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a follower of the scriptures, I'm a follower of whatever it might be, great. That's good on you. Um, I think the Catholic Church and my faith has something to offer. I think it is something to offer to everybody. But if a person says, no, I found this other moral code to live by, awesome. I'm glad that you've chosen a healthier way to live. As long as nobody's getting hurt, right? As long as, which is what our forefathers designed this country. Yes. You, you, get, you get to practice the, uh, your faith any way you choose as long as you're not stepping on someone else's rights, which was the, the pursuit of happiness was the idea of virtues, not, oh, this makes me happy. Yeah. Happiness in their thinking would have been virtues, which yeah. I just talked about. Yeah. I'm writing oh. some notes here. So let me share a few things because I, I think okay. I had a couple of things to, to share. So... I think what was said about um, the forgiveness part is I think you have more tolerance towards people if you maybe take a second to understand why they think the way they do, whether it's right or wrong. I, I think because most people are not bad just by, by by design, right? They were taught something, whether it's an abuser or so forth. Mm-hmm. So coming from a place of compassion where, you know, maybe they were abused themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, I think having that perspective and just being able to just pull yourself in a sense from the situation and say, you know, you could be upset or mad at that person, but they were they were kind of breeded into that. And mm-hmm. so some compassion there is going to help us, in a sense, heal from a situation like that. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that was mentioned, um, there's this book, it's called Atomic Habits, and it's James Clear. One of the, the quotes in there that he says is, the environment is the invisible hand that shapes us. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's a successful environment, whether it's an unsuccessful one, a one of adultery, one mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. drugs, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that becomes your normal. And as soon as you are in that normal, like you said, it just echoes more and more mm-hmm. of that, and you can't get out of it. So. Picking your environment, whether good or bad, is, is huge. I mean, gangs are probably the, the most common one, right? Uh, like a gang. Uh, oh, gangs. Gangs, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's love. There's there's trust among the gang, but they're not doing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, good stuff. Sure. And when you asked earlier about the barista, or you said it earlier, I think, you know, one thing that has helped me is um, to kind of brush off, I don't want to say small things, but just things in general. I always think, you know what? I need bigger problems. Because if I had a bigger problem, mm-hmm. and, and that comes in different shapes, you know, you hear some bad news about a family member's health, right? Whatever that barista did, and now all of a sudden you got this news, you could just, it's okay, I don't care about my drink because, the, and it's probably not the best way to live, but every time I, something starts to bother me, I say, you know what, maybe they have bigger problems in their life, or if I had a bigger problem, that wouldn't even bother me. So those are things that help me kind of brush things off you know i've heard it another way but the same thought years ago uh, someone mentioned and i thought this really stuck uh the size of your character is determined or you can you can tell the size of your character by the size of the things that bother you and what kind of problems you have Mm -hmm. so like if if you're going to lose your shit over the fact that someone got your coffee order wrong yeah you're a very small person yeah you're you're about the size of a tall (laughs) maybe a grande (laughs) and uh 
I, you know, it, it, if you are on a campaign or at least some sort of program of working on yourself, I want to be the best version of myself, you know. Trust me, uh, a lot of this other stuff is not a big deal. But you do learn how small you are by the kind of things that irritate you. Yeah, wow. yeah. I'll give you a, a story because I think I, this is probably my biggest life lesson, and I never thought I was going to discover this life lesson before I discovered it. And I, I was buying a car, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I, you know, I, I was shopping for a, for a Tesla for some time, and I couldn't find one, and I decided to buy new, mm-hmm. and then I just didn't want to wait, and so I started. I went on Craigslist, okay. and I said, you know what, I'm going to um, look on Craigslist. So luckily, I found something, and I've been doing so much research, and I knew. Once I found it, that it was the one. Um, I went there. The car had a small scratch, and I told the owner, I said, I'll buy the car if you can clean up that scratch, right? And this guy, you know, later I found out he has strong political connections. He's friends with Obama. I mean, just a really unique situation. And the guy just told me, he's like, if you don't want the car, don't buy the car, you know, because in my mind – that was a big problem, right? The little scratch. To him, he had a thousand other things. To him, it was just like, that's not even a problem. And I took that where if oh, that scratch bothered um, me so much, then I need, you know, not, I don't want to say be in his position, but if I was, had that many problems or those things mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. the scratch is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So I, that to me was always a, a kind of a life lesson that I got, not knowing that I was going to buy a, a car and I was going to get that life lesson. Of buying, a, buying a Tesla. Well, I mean, it was a used <laughs> Tesla. But, yeah, the same yeah. way I, I, I have an Audi A6, and I, uh-huh. I, I always feel the need to tell people, I, I bought it used. Yeah. yeah, I bought it two years old. Yeah. 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 But it, I, I think the, who I bought it from was kind of neat. But That's kind of cool. Sure. If you don't want the car, I'll take it, man. Yeah. Scratch or not. It still has a scratch. It has more scratches now. Then take, it over, take it over to East Los. Let them uh, rub yeah. it out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little mural oh. on that thing. Yeah, that's right, dude. The Aztec guy with holding up the, yeah. the warrior princess. All over it, dude. On the hood. On the hood. <laughs> well, Octavio, thank you for coming on. Oh, um, thanks for having me. This is me. fun. Uh, yeah, we, I think we got to bring you back once you guys get. I know you mentioned you're part of the commission. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we were on the uh, concerts in the park committee yeah. and the street banner street program committee, nice. committee. So, by the way, together. if you don't like any of the street banners, that was Christine's choice. <laughs> and if you like them, they're your. <laughs> they're my choice. Right. <laughs> right. Enough, which, which street banners? <laughs> I picked all the feminist ones. What? <laughs> which street banners? Um, the ones at the. It's like an art program, obviously. But it's an up, the one in Uptown or the one um, in, it, on Whittier. It's Whittier on, Boulevard. Yeah, Whittier Boulevard. I think it may be in. Up Uptown as yeah. well, yeah. on Washington, along the So do you want to hear a fun fact? You know, I was the Absolutely. one that designed all the Uptown Whittier banners when I was part of the Uptown Association. Those ugly old ones, orange ones that had the orange oh. groves on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, oh. I know that Five, because, um, fun fact, I remember that um, that's where you got the photo of the women in the packing house. Yeah. That became the What's Up Whittier, like, I think that's still our cover uh, thing. Yeah. Photo. Yeah, you those showed those. So you're a graphic artist by trade? No. no. It was I, I was the more techie one in the group and someone says <laughs> he, he was an IT guy at the says, county. Who can design this? I'm like, "Well, I can put layers on top of things." Done. And you so, were the guy. And I was the guy. So, yeah. okay. it, was, it was a neat thing. I got access to a lot of the historical photos yeah. from the Whittier Museum, uh, museum. Or the library. Yeah. And so uh, if anything, that was probably just worth it there seeing all those old old Yeah, it's photos. a cool place. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me and I I'd love to come back maybe uh, touch on another subject. We'll, maybe we'll talk about men's fashion. There you go. It's something ah. else close to my heart. Oh, there you go. Forget Jesse's not going to be participating. Right. Yeah, that could be part of the workies, man. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, ex- the experiment. The experiment. Yeah. <laughs> we'll dress you up. <laughs> it, yeah. Before we end, I want to start something new, man. 
before we get into um, our typical, our typical, what are your questions? Um, and I think I kicked it off because we do have a book here. Okay. Um, if if you had to recommend a book mm-hmm. to somebody, mm-hmm. aside from your book, because mm-hmm. we already talked about this, or your what, other book, what book would you recommend? If somebody's looking to read something, for what reason? Let me ask you that. Just in general. Based on your life, all the books you've read in, in your entire life, and you yeah. say, you know what? If somebody's asking me for a book recommendation, what would I recommend? Yeah, you know, okay, part of me wants to say the Bible because, you know, you're a Christian. You're supposed to say that. Um, I, I, but, I, you know, I'll, I'll stick to my guns. I, I'd say the scriptures, and I'll even say this, that the scriptures belong in every bookstore. Obviously, they are. But they belong in the self-help section. If people want to learn how to live their lives, read the Bible. And when people say these stories are boring, then I, I don't know what you're reading. There, there, there's, there's murder, there's rape, there's, uh, there's mystical language, there's poetry, um, there is historical records. Um, you know, there's uh, royal intrigue. You know, it's a fascinating book. Uh, a little background in the Jewish context was extremely helpful. But uh, find a translation that's easy to read. The message is a good one. And just read the book, and maybe something will speak to you. But if not, at least you won't be illiterate, because the Bible is yes. is probably <laughs> the most it is the most translated book in the world. It has colored uh, writers, painters, poets. The the Western canon of literature is it's influenced our governments. You should not be illiterate of the Bible. So read the Bible for your first for your benefit, and then maybe read it to see oh. Oh my gosh! There's biblical language in the Constitution or in our in our laws. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they were all influenced by the Bible. And is there a book you're currently reading right now in the Bible? No, a book, just a book. In, oh, a, book. Just a book in general. Yeah. Okay, I'm reading the Primacy of Christ by Bishop Robert Barron. It's a academic uh, look at the theology. So yeah, it's it's a great book. And and oh, but but if you love movies like I do, I love movies. Bishop Robert Barron has got a degree in philosophy. Uh, and of course, a doctorate in in, in Catholic theology. Uh, he gives great movie reviews, so I'm pushing a plug for Bishop Robert Barron. Google Bishop Robert Barron movie reviews, The Departed, Gran Torino, whatever. Great movie reviews. Yeah, nice. An interesting guy. All right there, you go, Remo. Well, if there's a place that people can find you, hold around. on, hold on, <laughs> we're not done yet. Go ahead. If you had to suggest a book to somebody or a book you're reading right now, what would it be? We're going to ask each other every single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the same. We book. better be reading a different no, no. book. <laughs> That's right. I'm not that much of a scholar. <laughs> no, or, or also say either a book you you uh, will recommend or a book. I, I that think you... one of the most impactful books that I've read recently is Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Atomic Habits, the, the, the idea is that it's the tiniest little habit that you do that compounds over time and gets you the results. And we talked about you know eating or even exercising. You know, you know, um, it's eating that extra meal. Times 100 is what gets you unhealthy or, or healthy, right? Yeah. And so Atomic Habit, James Clear, I think for me is by far, hands down, one of the best books I've read. Uh, I'll share something really quickly. Last year I set a goal to read 5,000 pages, and I was I think I did 49-something. This year it's 10,000 pages. I'm only at about uh, 2,000, but I, I, wow. I, I should make it. How many books is was, was close to that 5,000? I think there were only 15. 15. Yeah. And how do you track it? I have uh, I keep a bu- bullet journal uh, bullet journal okay and I I, I do have uh, devices on my phone but um, 
I'm still analog world where I would jot down the book, mm-hmm. how many pages it was, what's the cum. And in every book, I give a summary of what I just read, maybe pages that were important mm-hmm. principles so that – uh, if I open that book up, I have a summary in the first two pages of what yeah. I read. Because that's tough. When you start reading a lot of books, things start mix, mixing into each other. Yeah, as I can. Yeah. So, so that's why, like I said, the rewriting uh, it. besides highlighting and making notes in the margins, and I I, I have a, a, a folder on my, on my iPhone. It's got six or seven different reference books, philosophy dictionaries, two other dictionaries, a Catholic encyclopedia. So I look up words and ideas as I'm reading because mm-hmm. it's easy just to read. I don't know what that means, and you keep going. Um, so, but I'll write in the margin the definitions and that kind of thing. Nice, mm-hmm. Jesse, Christine. Um, so yeah, I pulled it up because I didn't remember the name of the authors, but I'm uh, finishing up the Athena Doctrine: How Women and the Men Who Think Like Them Will Rule the Future. I wonder why. Um, it's by Michael D'Antonio and John uh, Gerzema. It's a really great book. It talks about leadership in different areas of the world. Um, so right now I'm reading about, and it's uh, funny, I'm in the middle of this chapter um, it, about Colombia and how you know they got this new um, railway system. And, in a, and to keep it looking nice, they have a cement wall where people can do arts and can do murals, which mm. I might bring up at a meeting. Mm, but nice. um, Because that makes me think, because people are uh, talking about the Metro Gold Line, like it's going to bring crime and blah, blah, blah. Some people are not happy about it. And so a creative way of you know letting our community be in love with that place is to have some sort of stock or some sort of investment. So that would be like this beautiful mural. We want to keep the mural beautiful. Mm. We want to keep the city beautiful. Um, and that's just one way. But it's cool because it talks about all these um, other countries, like in, uh, I believe it's in, like in Switzerland. Um, they include like animals and children in the Constitution because they have rights as well. So I don't know. It's just a good book about leadership. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Seuss, Jesse, I knew it. Uh, it, it actually, it is Dr. Seuss month, which is why I was, I was bringing it up partially. It, it, uh, you should go out there and read a book for everybody who's not reading. Um, but the reason why I brought it up, too, uh, obviously, aside from, from interviewing somebody who's written a book, um, I just finished a book, and it was actually the Michelle Obama book, Becoming. Oh, Becoming, okay. Yeah, and uh, which was a recommendation from our past guest. Who was also a writer? Okay, uh, and so um, I I did the audio book, which which was a Remo recommendation. That, you know, you don't have to read books anymore; you just got to listen to them. <laughs> um, and it was a really good book. I mean, you talk about somebody's life experience, um, and for me, anytime I, I'm all about having um, either watching a movie or reading a book that is based on true facts yes. or, or based on life. Yeah. Just because uh, I always I always consider myself the guy who did um, that movie. Um, shoot, what's a uh, Indian movie? Uh, Bali. Uh, Monsoon Bali. Uh, it was like the kid who oh, the Slumdog sl- Millionaire. Slumdog, slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm always a Slumdog Millionaire who like gets a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and somehow has experience now of the world. Um, anyways, that book alone was pretty good. Um, not that not that it's the best book I've read, but it was uh, the more recent. Um, and again, just going into somebody's life and, and knowing the details puts a different perspective on how the world runs. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Oh, you realize they're human. They, they made some choices that made them the person that they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Remo. 
Well, going to the woodier questions here. So okay. if, if someone were to um, find you eating at a local eatery here or maybe um, getting some coffee, where, where, what are some of your go-to spots? Oh, Mr. Sandwich. Same thing every single time. Uh, tuna, dry, on squaw, extra onions. Um, let's see here. It used to be the ballroom quite a bit before, not as much. Uh, then I would say fly, crooked staff. Crooked gaff. gaff. Crooked gaff. Yeah, uh-huh. and then the Starbucks on Whittier and Kalima. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the actual uh, Starbucks kind of hanging out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. it, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I have a great home. I love mm-hmm. it. It's a nice place. But uh, the energy of people around you, sure. and I'm, I'm not even necessarily there for conversation, yeah. but just life is around. Yeah, just around. Yeah. yeah. I realize I'm going to be that old man in the park, you know, feeding pigeons probably yeah. or the mall. <laughs> By the way, squaw bread is underrated, man. It is if underrated, people right? People don't know or had not had squaw bread, dude. Get a squaw bread yeah. sandwich and get free. Yeah, yeah. Set yourself free. Yeah. If there's something that you leave uh, the city for mm-hmm. that you would like to be here, what what would that be? L- what do you mean leave? leave like is what you're missing anything? Is miss- yeah. Oh, uh, we need more shops and retails, more restaurants. Is there a certain type of restaurant that you would like to see? No, but any variety. Maybe Indian food would be cool. Uh, uh, just the anything ethnic, anything different, um, but just restaurants, uh, restaurants and shopping. In uh, you know, uh, I think about Claremont Village. Mm-hmm. I think about South Pass, mm-hmm. Fullerton. W- Whittier has much more culture to offer, and so if anyone's listening to this is a an investor, restaurateur, shop mm-hmm. owner, come to Whittier, open up your business. There's money here. Yeah. And then the the newest question. Uh, yeah, it's a, qu- it's a Christine question. Oh, if sure it is. Um, what is your favorite Whittier memory? Besides being on the commission, of course. <laughs> <Christine>. <laughs> yeah. Nothing tops that. Uh, I think taking the kids to the park at Central Park when they were younger. You know, I, uh, you know, when you're a young dad, you know, you think, oh, this is ever going to – when are they finally going to grow up? And when they're gone, you miss it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a strange thing. Yeah. But uh, the concerts at Central Park, I used to love – we lived in Uptown and – we would just walk up and bring our lawn chairs, and that was a lot of fun. Very cool. Mm-hmm. By the way, when do the concerts at the park start? End of June, I, I think. I'm looking at you. Um, that's great. Um, it's usually the first. It's on the website. Uh, last week of June. <laughs> I can pull up you. the minutes right no, no, now. Just, if you want I would to. say it's the last week of June. They skip 4th of July, and then it goes six straight weeks. Oh, so we still have oh, time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really excited about the lineup. Um because the I, can we? I don't, we can't say. I don't think we can say. No, because it's actually say, also not official. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. It's really exciting. Stay tuned. But you, but we, we get to do the Pledge of Allegiance. That, yeah. That's so true. okay, this is this is the real reason why I ran to be the mayor. Um, I wanted to do the Pledge of Allegiance before the concerts of the park. <laughs> no, that's a joke. No, I just uh, I just asked if I could do it because I just you know I've been going to the concerts like my whole life, and I told my mom one time like one day I'm going to do the Pledge of Allegiance, and then I asked, and they said I can. So Imagine I'm going to do the Pledge of Allegiance, making, making dreams come true. City that's of Whittier. Right. That's right. <laughs> do you know it pretty well? If you could dream I it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Okay. If you could dream it, you could be it. Absolutely. Octavio, thank you for coming on. Thank you again for having me. Man. Um, again, we'll, we'll have to bring you on in the future once you get on to book number three. 
Oh, you asked me earlier where they can find me. Oh, oh was that just yeah. Twitter oh, sites yes. or, the, or the Internet? No, that's a no, good no, point. Um, yeah, that as well. I was just uh, physically see you, like okay. where you hang out. But how do people connect with yes. you? I know and the name of the book again. So if they go to Amazon and look up my name, uh, Octavio Cesar Martinez, the first book, Habits, is there. The second one should be there by the end of the month. And uh, and or currently they can go to my website, OctavioCesarMartinez.com. The link will take them to the publisher, and they can buy it directly from the publisher until the Amazon link is working. Very cool. Yep. And do you have social media or anything that, that, that follow you? <laughs> yes. Than- uh, Facebook is Octavio Cesar Martinez. Instagram is OC Martinez. Um, yeah, that was – yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like – well, they, they can just go to the Instagram. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn is my name, and Twitter is my name. Very cool. Twitter's my name. There you go. Tweeting's my game. <laughs> again, thank you for coming on. Thank you again. And yeah. uh, Whittier, we'll see you on the next one. Bye, Bye Whittier. Bye, Whittier. Bye.